ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position. Ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing. Cause I'll be willing and dealing. Find me the trade. Cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 165 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Hall at Andrew Hall FF. Uh, Rocky was supposed to join me tonight, but had a family issue come up. So he is going to be taking care of the wife instead. And it's just me in the host chair. Once again, I think Rocky maybe just hates me or something. I don't know what it is, but I don't mind because I get to talk one on one with one of my favorite people in the space. The one and only Hoove. The, on- the only name you need, Hoove. How's it going, Hoove? I'm doing good. How you doing, man? Doing all right. I know we uh, we hung out a little bit at the expo, had a good time there. And uh, I know you're working with IBT and doing a bunch of stuff. I loved your episode of Get Real with Casey Kasem. That was awesome. Thank you, thank so you. just in case people haven't heard any of that or haven't hung out with you at the expo like I have, uh, why don't you explain a little bit about what you do in the industry and kind of what you're, you're I don't know, where you're at, where people can find yourself. Before I get into that, I have to say I can't take all the credit for that awesome episode with, with Casey because Casey is just an outstanding host and she's just so easy to vibe with. And you can yep. get some good content with her because she just brings it out of you. So, but what can, where can you find me? You can find me on Twitter. Um, you can find me at IBT Media. I am the senior video editor for them. So I... Uh, I help um, help teach people, you know, video editing as well as uh, doing the weekly VODs. So uh, on Fridays, you're looking for a hot new video. Go ahead. Check out IBT Media. Check out the new new Hoove special of the week. So I can't I take all the credit because we have an awesome team of trash sandwiches and and aerial oh. of aerial trash sandwiches and Seth and and everyone involved. So I can't take all the credit, but I am the video editor for it. So if you like the videos, you can give me a follow at uh, at HoofTube on Twitter. I love it. I love it. Yeah, no, and I, I'm a big fan of Ariel as well. Uh, she had a great episode with Casey as well. Like, there's just a lot of you guys in IBT are going through the get real churning right now, which is perfect. I love yeah, getting to know more Ariel. about you guys. Yeah, it's Ariel. I know. Yes. Yeah, okay. See, I know that. I know that. She's an. I know you know that. If she, if she's listening, Ariel, we we know we we're, we're not. We're trying. Just, wasn't trying to correct correct, but you know, subtle correct. But no, Ariel, big fan. I've been on a podcast, so I'm just trying to get back in the swing of things there. Hey, Ariel. knock them cobwebs loose. You're doing great. Uh, no, but I think, too, with the with the IBT team, you guys are a very good group of guys and, and, and girls, of course, and doing a lot of good things in the industry. And I know that draft night out was a really fun time. Uh, the draft itself, I should say, was a really fun time. The league is a good time, even though I'm doing terrible in that league. Uh, I've had some injuries, as we all have, and fantasy is sometimes dealing with the uh, the expectations not being met. And pivoting and changing and doing what you can never stop okay. grinding and that's kind of what i've been trying to do in draft night out league but i'm just swimming uphill it's just not working well for me but that's okay it's still a fun time uh but with that we're going to get into our topics of the evening we have uh obviously we're, we're doing these kind of weekly shows i know rocky has a little bit of a different vibe but i kind of like looking at you know looking back at the last week and looking forward at the next week and just kind of playing this week to week 
there is a lot of talk, and I'm sure we'll be getting into some of this even as you know after the Thanksgiving break, uh, with like playoff pushes and, and trade deadline talk, and like what what moves can you make? We're very much a proponent of not having trade deadlines in dynasty leagues. I know trade addicts leagues don't have that because again, for trade addicts, it makes sense. Um, but generally, I think, and maybe that's the first topic I wanted to hit you up with. I know I didn't put it on the sheet, but in general, what are your thoughts on trade deadlines? It's been going around Twitter or X or what have you. What are your thoughts? Who? I think you have to know your league mates, really. Like mm-hmm. if you know that there's a guy in the or whoever in the league that is just not not a great manager, you know, and they're the they're the team that's gonna someone's gonna swoop in and just steal all the assets from. Maybe you should probably have a trade deadline of some kind, and then like as soon as the the season's over, like as soon as the championship, you're back to trading. I've been in leagues like that, but overall, if you're in like a good league where everyone's uh everyone's pretty invested in stuff, then you don't really need one. I think that everyone can kind of keep themselves liable. I like that. Yeah, and I know in in one of the many threads I was involved with, uh, I think John Bosch mentioned something about like if if you have a problem with with you know managers making bad trades then that's more of a manager problem than it is a league problem. And it's more of a manager problem than their trade deadline problem. You know, like that's just, you need, you need to find a better group of people to play with. You know, like if you're having trades that are kind of out of whack in a dynasty league where somebody's selling off all their assets and making really un, like out of whack trades, that's collusion and vetoable. Like some of that stuff is just not what this is for. So yeah, I'm a big fan of no trade deadlines and just letting people trade whenever, because that's really the easiest or I don't know about easiest, but maybe one of the fastest ways you can rebuild. Because those assets that you have on a non-playoff team become a lot more valuable when there's only six teams playing for anything. Um, yeah. And I think that's where the trade deadline can can hinder that and hamper that. And it can make it so that those rebuilding teams have to wait a little bit longer until after their players now are not worth anything in theory. And, you know, in January, February, when the offseason begins, it's like, well, if I could have traded, if I could have traded away Keenan Allen for a first and a second in December and now in January, he's only worth a second. Like, well, I just lost a whole first because of that rule. You know, like right. that's where some of that stuff can make a big difference. So I think really it helps the worst teams more than the better teams. But at the same time, if you're actually watching the shows that are going to teach you all the great, the, the great stuff like this one, then you know to sell them before the trade deadline, deadline in general. So you're not I wrong guess, there. Uh, you're not wrong. I'm just yeah. saying more like in general, the the trade deadline really only helps the better teams. And I think anything to to raise the bottom of your league is going to make the whole league better. That's just the, the, you know the weakest link. If you you know you're only as fast as your slowest manager, right? So if you help okay. that manager get more speed, right, then the whole league will get better. That's again, rising tide raises all boats. That kind of thing. So like it's that's my general mentality. And I wanted to bring that up because I know there are a lot of trade deadlines coming up. Uh, I know I've got a bunch in my leagues uh, that are, you know, week 11, even like this week is the trade deadline in some uh, redraft leagues and things. So it's like, well, okay, I guess, uh, I guess this is it. I think even in draft night out, it might be this week. Um, but point I'm, I'm so far out of it. I'm not even looking, but the point is in dynasty, I think you shouldn't have one. Um, but with that, let's pivot a little bit backwards. I just to turned down 10. a trade right before I jumped on here. Um, I don't even know how I feel about it. So what let's talk it? about it. Yeah, it was okay. So this guy is 20 and all. And we we do like a, a median league, so he's twenty and zero. He talks about how he's lucky. And I'm like, that ain't luck. If you're going twenty and zero, you ain't lucky. Like, there's a little bit, but That's, you obviously are pretty good. Yeah. So yep. He's they're set up right now to pretty much win the league, and I'm like, man, I would say like on like sixth or so. I'll be a playoff team. I'll probably end up like finishing like fourth. You know, probably not win it, but so I have Ramondre Stevenson, and I really have been like pick, kicking around, like making some moves with this team. 
because I, I got Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. I kind of want to just base my team off of solid quarterbacks and then like young assets overall throughout it, throughout it. So I'm contemplating trading Ramondre Stevenson. He wanted, he was the only team to offer me a first round pick. So I'm basically trading the 112 for Ramondre Stevenson and I turned it down. I couldn't do it. So I'm just thinking, I feel like Ramondre is more of like the 108, 109 around that realm right now. And so I was trying to get him to throw in like Josh, uh, Josh Downs or Tank Dell in it. And he was like, I can't do it. Ooh. Even though last Ooh. year at the trade deadline, he traded me Christian Watson to move up one spot to draft JSN while I drafted Jordan Addison. And it looks Ooh. like I'm winning that one right now. Early Dynasty wise, okay. maybe not, yeah. but this yeah. year doing great. I like so it. would you like would it. you have made the trade? I, I would want more than that as well. I'm I'm kind of with you. I, I love the idea of adding a young receiver to that. I I think there's, I don't know, there's a lot of different people that have a lot of different values of Ramondre Stevenson, and he's been underwhelming this year and been you know I don't know not as good as we all hoped or, or thought he would be. You know, uh, very disappointing. However you want to word it. And so I don't I think it's week six. He's been like the RB nine. Or yeah, like again, he's he's had some bad weeks lately, and I think that recency thing is in in my head a little. But my thought is he's still a worthy starting running back, and and I think in most situations I'd rather, if I'm rebuilding, especially, and the guy's twenty and zero or something like you know, I'd, I'd much rather take a late first plus a pick. Like if it's going to be a definite late first, I'd want more than that for Ramondre myself. There, there's a very high likelihood that he's here, he's there again next year, and is you know the number one guy next year, and. I don't know if Zeke comes back. I don't know if Mac Jones comes back. I don't know if Bill Belichick comes back, but I'm That's pretty exactly sure Ramondre right. comes back. So I, I don't know. I'd want more than that. So I'm, I'm with you. And if you can't if get it done, that's fine. Bill next year, they're going to have to look at this roster and use someone, and he's probably the best player on that offense. So <laughs> even if they draft, even if they try to fix everything, sign all these free agents, like I just don't see anyone going to the Patriots that's better than Ramondre Stevenson, you know? Yeah. Especially with Belichick gone, if that's the case, right? I mean, you could argue Demario Douglas might be better, but I'm not sure he's better right now. Right. I mean, that's a trickier question. He's got some upside or whatever, but no, I'm I'm with you. I think that's a fair, I mean, it's not a terrible offer. Like it's not something I'm you know, throwing, you know, throwing my nose up at, but yeah, if you can get another piece added in there and I wouldn't even mind doing something like Ramondre in a second or Ramondre in a 25 second, for Josh Downs in a late 24 for something like that. Maybe if you got to add another piece, like if you've got another running back that's in that like RB3, RB4 territory, sure. you know, someone that you can just toss in. I mean, I, I don't. Roshan it's, Johnson. It's, yeah, Roshan, perfect, perfect example, right? Like I would do Roshan Johnson and Ramondre Stevenson for a first and Downs or a first and Dell. That sounds fine to me. Uh, again, especially if you don't need the running backs, this is the perfect time to get away from them. And I think that's something we've talked about literally for years on this podcast is running backs. You don't really need them until August. We're way far away from August now. And if you don't need them now, just don't, you're good. Just get rid of them. Punt them all. Yeah, after punt. Stevenson, my, my second best running back is like the third stringer for the Falcons, B. John Robinson. So, <laughs> so I don't oh, know what I would do there. I can't wait to see if they give him a shot. I feel like he's pretty good. Maybe they should yeah. put him in. One in day, one window. day they'll come around. We can only hope at this point. I mean, Arthur Smith doesn't listen to anything. So what do we know? Uh, but yes, with that, let's let's continue through the show, I guess, and look at the sheet. But I love that trade. Thank you. Uh, we're going to look back at week 10. I don't really know if we want to get too specific. Week 10 was kind of wild in a lot of ways. Uh, the one thing I wanted to bring up from week 10, which is kind of like an all-encompassing, kind of all, not all positions, but those freaking Cowboys, man. What the heck happened there? Like, you know, seven touchdowns, none of them to Tony Pollard, which was very frustrating for all of my Pollard shares. But Cooks, Lamb, and Ferguson all seemed like they had a pretty damn good day. I mean, 
Dak obviously had a great day. I mean, it's I I wouldn't say that I expected that kind of outcome, but this team is supposed to be good, so I guess I shouldn't be that shocked. But since the bye, they've really been rolling. Uh, I guess what are your thoughts on the Cowboys in general after seeing their Week Ten in their last few weeks? Fugazi, Fugazi, it's all, it's nothing. All right, don't even get yourself, don't even get your hopes up. Beating on bad teams does not make you a good team. You know, as well, a 49ers but- fan, I know the Cowboys' identity, and he, they know their identity. They just don't want to admit it. So. <laughs> Yeah, we all know what's going to happen with the Cowboys. I don't want to sound like a like a a scratch record, you know, and keep saying it. But we all know what the Cowboys are. They're all they're going to choke. I don't even want to sound like Stephen A. either. But oh man, I was just going to say that sounds familiar. Yeah, it sounds way too familiar. But that's the truest. That's the truest statement that's ever come out of Stephen A.'s mouth is that the Cowboys always screw themselves. That's exactly right. So. I agree with you on all of that, but I still think this is a perfect time to sell Cowboys, right? Like this is that window where you might have, you know, a lot of people in your league are looking at this and this isn't just a one week fluke. Dak has looked really good since the buy the, the last three weeks. And so part of me is like, maybe this is a good sell window in a sense. I sold Dak a couple of weeks ago in a trade where uh, it, it was basically, I think it was Dak and Amari, no, Dak and Devonte Adams for Jalen Hurts and Christian Kirk. And it's a one QB league. It's a redraft league. Like it's not dynasty or anything like that, but I was happy to get hurts and, and get out from under Dak just because the inconsistency there bugs me. And yeah. then of course, after I trade him, he has these three great weeks in a row. And I'm like, Oh, maybe that was a bad choice. You can't look at it that way. Like that's just not how this works. It's it's three weeks and Dak will come back, back down to earth, but that doesn't mean week 10 wasn't shot. Option at quarterback. There's no complaining about that. Jalen hurts is a monster and Dak yeah. Prescott. I don't even want to say it. He's not a top 10 quarterback. He's not. I I, I wish he was like, I I want the guy to play well. And I like when the Cowboys do well, because they're on TV. So gosh, darn much, you know, like I kind of like seeing a good team on TV all the time instead of the jets or the giants, even at this point, which are terrible. So New York is out, but I'm just saying in general, that was a good week 10 for the Cowboys. And it might be a good sell window on Brandon cooks, especially. I think that that was more of a fluke. He, He got more than half of his yards in that game this season. So that's, not likely to happen again. CD Lamb is for real, though. I, yeah, I do like just, Lamb. He's CD Lamb. Like he's a sell. He's a buy. Like whatever you want him to be, yeah. he's there. You know, like he's. I I've been seeing so many takes about CD Lamb this week, and CD Lamb, see, he's a top three wide receiver. But really, like I think I would still next year looking at it, I would draft a Monra every time over CD Lamb every time. And so, like that's not a that's not a knock on CD. It's just like. I don't necessarily know if the Cowboys are going to stay this this awesome offense when they're not yeah. playing bad when they're not playing bad teams. You know the Lions. Yep. I was going to talk about it later on the show, but the Lions are they're here and they're ready and they're one of the best offenses in football right now. And so, like, if I could get a wide receiver one in one of the best offenses in football, I'm going to do that over CD Lamb. Like, and it's not a knock on CD. It's just that's just what I got to do. That's just that's just where my preferences are. Well, and actually, maybe this is a good discussion in, in a sense on that topic. Uh, is C.D. Lamb the the wide receiver three, right? Is I mean, again, I, I think most people. Now, I'm not. I mean, I don't think I'm alone on this, but most people have Chase and Jefferson one and two in some variety, and I don't think that's really up for debate. But that wide receiver three conversation gets kind of fun because you got A.J. Brown, you got Tyreek Hill, obviously C.D. Lamb, like I mentioned, I'm on Ross St. Brown, like you mentioned, like of the of the 
remaining receivers after Chase and Jefferson, is Lamb your three or is I mean, obviously Amon Ra would be ahead of Lamb, but is Amon Ra your three or is Brown or Hill one of those guys? In a dynasty startup, it's Amon Ra for sure. Wow. Okay. In in redraft, it's I think I'm gonna it's not I, I wanna say AJ Brown. I really do. I do too. And, I yeah. really do, but I think I still have to go with Tyreek Hill because Tyreek Hill, like until I see this absolute drop off, I got to go with Tyreek Hill, you know, yeah. and I don't want to fall into the same trap that I fall into last or this off season, you know, with Tyreek Hill thinking that he said, oh, I'm done in three years. I will run Tyreek Hill into the ground in for three years of Tyreek Hill. Absolutely. And yep. it's not a knock on AJ Brown, but when you have Jalen Hurts being so efficient at the tush push, you know, he's, he's, stealing, <laughs> yeah. he's stealing touchdowns. You got DeAndre Swift, who's a monster. I've been really big on DeAndre Swift later on in the season so far. Um, I've taken some bets, him versus JT. You know, I, I really like mm. DeAndre Swift the rest mm. of the season. So him and I have a bet going on with Ron Bond Evans, Ronnie Evans out there. Oh, so love Ron Bond. Um, yeah. So, Overall, like the Philly, the Philly offense, even though I, I kind of sound like a hypocrite, we're just talking about the Lions offense. It's so efficient. It's just it's a different style of offense than the Lions and the Lions is more. Everything runs through Amana right now. There's way too many good weapons with the Eagles that they can do so many things. Yep. No, and I totally understand that. I think that the Eagles are, are just a different caliber right now. Yeah. And it's really interesting to see. But I'm 100 percent with you on Tyreek, my friend, like. Tyreek Hill reminds me of that Todd Gurley kind of vibe, right? Whereas like he was the best of the best of the best until he was zero. And that's kind of what I think is going to happen to Hill. He's going to literally run out and, and be the fastest guy out there until yeah. he's dead or retired. And he's, he's just not going to have a middle. And I'm kind of with you too. I'd much rather take the guarantee, almost quote unquote guaranteed points. Uh, I don't want to jinx anything, but he doesn't seem to get very injured either, which is kind of nice. Like he tends to play a lot and he's got a good offense and Mike McDaniel knows what they're doing. So I totally get the logic. In my opinion, too, any of those four could be wide receiver three to me. I'm not going to put up too much of a fight. Uh, I find myself, I don't do a lot of startups, but I just did a uh, super flex mock draft for DLF for November. And it, it was, it, that's kind of where my brain started thinking about it, too, because I saw that come around. And I think if it were me and it's at that spot, I'm probably leaning into quarterback, tight end or running back just because I don't care. Right. If it's up to me and the other, the only two gone are, are Jefferson and Chase, I'm fine waiting. You know, like, yeah. all right, I'll take I'll take a positional advantage somewhere else. So that's kind of where my head goes at that. But again, you can't go wrong with any of those guys. But what were you seeing in week 10? What stood out to you that you were a big fan of that we can get? Into? I have three things. Uh, first off, like I said, the Lions offense, the Lions yeah. offense for me right now is exactly in that same tier where everyone was talking about the start of the season with the Dolphins, that everyone is must start. I'm exactly I'm there with Jared Goff, you know, unless you have a solid top five quarterback option. I think Jared Goff is a consistent start right now with just how that offense is clicking. Jameer Gibbs must start. David Montgomery must start. And I was out on Gibbs. I will say, Hutch, Hutch Brown, you're listening. You were right. I had I had Jameer Gibbs on the bust list this year. And at the start of the season, it was looking like a good pick. But he has arrived. And even David Montgomery. David Montgomery is still a solid RB2, solid flex play every week. Um, Jamison Williams, I'm still holding that hope for in Dynasty. Because he could have some kind of Gabe Davis effect where he just gets all these targets and all these points in the playoffs. So I can't, I'm kind of holding out hope on Jamison Williams, but I have him in a deep, uh, deep dynasty league. And I'm there's a lot of times where I'm battling do I start Rasheed Rice or do I start Jamison Williams? And 
most of the time I'm starting Rushy Rice, but it's close. If I just want to see more out of Jamison, and then I'm there. Then I'm there. Well, I think uh, that I think that the, well, I just want to put this like I think the Lions are one of those teams that like I, I wouldn't say almost everybody counted them out. I don't think that's fair. They actually did pretty well last year. They were that team that should have made the playoffs that didn't, and I feel like they came on strong right at the end. And you know, Dane Campbell with the biting kneecaps and all this, he got a lot of press and all this. And I just feel like the 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 uh, Jamal Williams leaving the team, I was really disappointed in that I'm like, I love Jamal Williams. I thought he was a really good heart person in that offense. And like they were on, uh, uh, what am I thinking of? They were on the uh, Hard Knocks last Hard year, knocks, right? Yeah. And so we got to see a lot of that back end stuff. And like I just felt like I got to know the Lions, and then they missed the playoffs. And so this year I was really high on them coming in. And then to win week one against the Chiefs, kind of solidifying that, like, no, we are for real. We are here. So I'm kind of with you. And in, in Dynasty, especially, I'm Browns, or sorry, Browns, Lions are somebody that I'm willing to go out there and get for sure. Do you and think I that think if all they get of the one seed, they can upset either the Eagles or the 49ers? If they get a bye, which is a big if in my mind, uh, if they get a bye and they go into that next week healthy or rested, however you want to put it, they could also go in kind of rusty. I feel like a team like the Lions does better when they're they're one week at a time and they're not thinking about things and a bye week could hurt them. So my opinion would be if they get a bye, I'm not sure that they would succeed. I'd almost rather see them stay scrappy and get the four seed and have to like play an even match Ooh. against a five seed. You know what I mean? Like kind of play yeah. an even game. If they have to play somebody really good, I'm nervous. Just Earn because that, that offense is, you know, it's still sputtering a little bit here and there. So And like, wouldn't that be so, be so cool for the Lions? You know, like, to get that thing, you got to fight the whole yeah. way, every yep. round. I, I love that. Okay. But I'm going to move on to the next one on week 10, Trevor Lawrence. It's kind of a, it's mm. kind of a half and a half, kind of a half and half. Um, Trevor Lawrence, I'm out on Trevor Lawrence, and I have to give credit where credit's due to Dustin Lutke. He's the one mm. that originally, when we were on our way up to the Packer game, he gave me a whole, whole scolding. Not like I was big on Trevor Lawrence beforehand, <laughs> but a whole lecture on – Trevor Lawrence and if he's good or not. And I realized that Dustin's right. And he's not this larger than life quarterback. He's an average quarterback and he's probably going to be a starting quarterback for a long time in the league or most probably into a second contract at least. But um, I, he, I just don't see this wow factor from Trevor Lawrence. So I think I'm out on Trevor Lawrence and week 10 really kind of showed me that like, he's just mm. not, there against good teams so but i also have to say the same thing about evan ingram evan ingram was in it i needed him last week and three points three points so i'm yeah. i'm putting evan ingram in the timeout corner of the week so um <laughs> all right and then the last one is one that i feel like people aren't really talking about a little bit maybe i'm just not looking the right way but um i'm a little worried about jordan addison the rest of the year with Josh Dobbs. Mm-hmm. Um, you were just so high on him a minute ago. You were just talking about I that. Was. So, all right. And what do you, what do you mean here? I think that Josh Dobbs right now, like, even though it's a great story and I heard, uh, I heard Scott in Scotty, the King say today, he's like, I think that the Minnesota Vikings are ready to put Josh Dobbs in the hall of fame, you know, for the Vikings. <laughs> you know? Okay. Oh, I, was, I, I was laughing at that when him and Sam were on. So I got to give credit to him for that. But um, yeah, I, it's a, such a feel-good story. I don't want to root against it, but I think that it's eventually gonna be he's gonna be exposed. Not like exposed, but like I think Josh Jobs is the new Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Ryan oh, Fitzpatrick yeah. is one of these super smart quarterbacks that he can ball out and he can do it two weeks in a row. 
but he can't do it consistently. And that's why he's not the starting quarterback. So I think yep. that we're about to come to the point where Josh Dobbs proves that he's not the starting quarterback in the league. And it might be this week against the Broncos. And I think we might be talking about that later. They play the Broncos this week, right? Uh, Jacksonville plays the Broncos. I think, no, I think, the Vikings no. I think it's Vikings Broncos. I think you're right. Yeah. I, I could yeah. look it up, but I'm I'm not going to. But <laughs> where, yes, where I wasn't even going to pivot on. They played the Broncos okay, this good. week, okay. and I think that I think that right now that's why I was really kind of worried about Jordan Addison is that we see Justin Jefferson coming back um, in the fold, and maybe not this week, but at least next week probably he'll be around. And then this week, Sean Payton's Broncos, people aren't really like loving to say that they're rooting for the Broncos. But Sean Payton's fixing it, and this defense, I wouldn't be surprised if they're on upset alert and they upset the Vikings this week. So um, I think Jordan Addison might might be a, a disappointment this week. Uh, going Interesting. Interesting. I don't disagree with that. I want to poke a little bit into the, the Dobbs stuff. I don't disagree with it entirely either, but I do think Dobbs is for real because of the rushing. He doesn't seem afraid to run, and I think a lot of times those running quarterbacks tend to get a little bit of a pass maybe on – how inaccurate they are. I'm pretty sure he had a career high passing this week. You know what I mean? Like he just had a hell of a game for a, you know, short middling kind of career. And I don't know if that sustains. I'm with you. I don't think he's ready for the hall of fame or anything like that, but at the same time, it's hard to ignore, right? It's hard to say like, oh, for sure. you know, like he's, he's not trash, but obviously there's a reason he was a backup a couple of places. It just, maybe this is the team he needed to kind of find a home and, and maybe this is what he's looking for. I don't really know. Uh, I think that it's being the same said, thing as like Gino, but, but Gino went. Gino's to a, a better example. Yeah. Gino went to a a team that knew how to fix Russell Wilson's mistakes. I mean, you saw once you had a head coach with with Russell Wilson that he can't fix all these little mistakes like like Pete Carroll could. You know, Pete Carroll was a mastermind behind the scenes on trying to make Russell Wilson look like this elite quarterback. And yeah, he's kind of getting back, but that was a different level of quarterback. And Geno Smith is just few like a, a few steps down from that and i can't really believe that geno smith is really this starting quarterback in the league he's just really fitting that system right now and he's yeah. not doing the wrong thing so josh jobs on the vikings like the vikings what happened to this this vikings team that everyone was saying was going to get the first overall pick that they were going to get yeah. Caleb williams or drake may like they just start yep. winning a few games people start forgetting that all of a sudden that there's a lot of holes all over this team, you know, just because yeah. they're, they're looking, but there are, there are a lot of holes in this team and there's a lot of cap coming up on the future. So I still don't think that the Vikings are like, we're going to the playoffs. We're ready to go. I just, no. I don't think that they wanted to disappoint their fans. Well, I true. And I think everybody in the NFL wants to win. Like all the players want to win, right? That's the whole point of this game. They're, they're none of them are going to give up. There, there are two points I wanted to make about Dobbs and the Vikings though, is that Dobbs got in there with no practice. And that also means there was no tape. Right. Like there, there's no way to like game plan against that. So there is some like he's new and no one knows what to do with him. So he does well. I, I've heard of that. I've seen that. It happens all the time. Colin right? A backup goes in and just it just dominates because the defense is like, I don't have a clue what his tendencies are. I don't know what he's calling. They're going to figure him out, in my opinion. That's exactly I think he right. played well in Arizona, but he didn't play great. It, obviously, when Murray came back, they were like they're moving away from him to go to tune before Murray came back. Like so th there, there obviously is some value there. But on the flip side of that, he does get Justin Jefferson back maybe this week. And I'll be honest, if you tell me that any quarterback with Justin Jefferson, much like what we're going to see tonight, I'm sure, with uh, Browning and Chase, right? I don't want to get into that too much. We'll talk about week 11 in a minute. But 
you give me Justin Jefferson and Josh Dobbs can be somebody that matters. So I think maybe that can't like kind of cancels each other out where you get a double negative, a triple stamp, negative stamp, you know, you get all this stuff where like maybe there's something here. And I'm kind of curious to see what happens. But as of right now, at this moment between weeks 10 and 11, Dobbs is a valuable quarterback too in Superflex in my book. Like it's hard to bench the guy. He hasn't done anything to warrant being benched. And we've got some teams that are coming up here on bye again this week. We've got some more coming up through week 14, I think even. So like we're going to see some other QBs that are going to have to sit and Dobbs might be your QB one, depending on injuries. So, I mean, I don't hate him, but I, I'm not necessarily going out and saying sell the farm, you know, like that's not this is one thing that kind of worries me. All right. So when you look at the Vikings upcoming schedule, you have Broncos bears. So they get a little bit, a little break. It'll be a little easier, but you still have Montez sweat now. So you have like Patrick Sertain, you have uh, Montez sweat. You got, after the buy, so you got to buy, and then you got Max Crosby and the Raiders, and then you got the Bengals, and then you got Aiden Hutchinson and the Lions, and then Green Bay. So you're telling me that one of the like to quote to quote my homie Steffi Smalls, nothing else matters if the O line stinks. So if the O line stinks yep. for the Vikings and they're getting rushed by all these good defenses or solid defenses that are clicking at the time, how is he going to get the ball to Justin Jefferson? How is he going to get the ball to T.J. Hawkinson? Maybe I'm honestly more invested in Alexander Madison the rest of the year than in that case, because he's going to be pitching the ball off. He's going to be trying to make plays. And I don't know. I just don't see. I think the strength of schedule is going to catch up to Josh Dobbs. And and that's not even a knock saying that he's Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think that is an awesome compliment to have. It is. He's going to go to a lot of places in the league. He's going to have a style of job and he's going to have this part-time job with NASA. And that's fucking <laughs> that's so cool. That's so cool. I'm, I'm a, I am a Josh Dobbs fan, but I, I think that I'm a realist when it comes to uh, Josh Dobbs. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And I think the the Vikings are, you kind of said this before too, like the Vikings are not supposed to be good, right? They're missing a lot of players and they're winning. I don't know if you can sustain that, you know, like holes are holes for a reason that, you know, your starting lineup is supposed to be better than this. And they're, they're winning now, which is great. And winning is always great. Right. But I just, I don't know if I really want to, you know, invest in a team that is winning on fluke and luck and like kind of breaking at the right time and having a guy come in that doesn't have any tape in theory on this offense, at least. Right. Like people know who Josh Dobbs is from Arizona, but this is a very different team. And if, you're going mean, to hear from it's just people, wild. you're going to hear from people that this is what the Vikings are is that we, that we just win those close games and we it's like this is nah. a different reason okay this is a different reason it's gonna it's self-gazi it's gazi yeah <laughs> well so. hang on i got another another question related to dobbs before we move into week 11 okay. is is dobbs the guy next year or do they go back to cousins cuz i'm pretty sure cousins is a free agent and with this achilles injury that makes him very i don't know susceptible to not signing again Right, like an Achilles injury, we're we're gonna see if Aaron Rodgers can come back in December like he claims. I don't know. Uh, but the cousins injury could be a I don't want to say career ender, that sounds too negative, but it could be a career changer at least. Uh where now maybe he shifts to that older backup role, like you know, like an Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston, or like one of those guys that has had value in fantasy and you know wasn't stellar but got the job done and now is just riding a bench behind a rookie. Uh, do we think that Dobbs is the guy next year if he plays well enough, or is this kind of like a one-year rental and it's a rookie? I mean, I guess just what is what what vibes are you getting there? Who? I'm gonna say the smartest thing I've ever said. Okay, and oh, write this down, everybody. Everybody, write this down. You want to know why Kirk Cousins is gonna win the job next year? It's because he has the greatest 
manager of all time. And that that man got Kirk Cousins so so much money. You yeah. don't think like multiple times. Yeah. It's like Baker Mayfield. You know, Baker Mayfield's been really showcasing this year that he should be a starting quarterback next year. And I really want to believe that he's going to be a starting quarterback a lot more than someone like Mac Jones. You know, that Baker will probably start next year over someone like Mac Jones. But all these spots are filling up. This isn't like a few years ago where all of a sudden six quarterback spots you can go into. Like these, ne- this next draft class is good. You got Caleb Williams, Drake May, Michael Penix, Bo Nix. You know, Shadur Sanders could come out, but I think he's going to stay at Colorado one more year with his dad. Um, that's besides the point. But you got some good quarterbacks coming in, and they're going to be taking some spots. So I don't know. I don't. I don't think that anyone's going to be like, I'm going to take the price cut to bring in Josh Dobbs when I could draft Bo Nix. You know, that's, I just don't see that happening. So I get that. I get that. And I think you're probably on the right track there. It all comes down to who's got the better manager and Kirk Cousins has the best one in the business, baby. So Kirk Cousins is probably going to get like, I want it realistically he's probably gonna like any other guy would get like a two-year deal you know like just prove you're still you're still good and you still like you still got your mobility no this man's gonna probably get like a six-year fully guaranteed contract like if you retire you still can have it you know because you're a fan favorite that's what that's what Kirk Cousins manager is probably gonna probably gonna get for him on that note too I think that would I wouldn't be shocked to see like a six-year 125 million guaranteed but after two years he becomes a front office executive or something you know what I mean like they just pivot into the next phase of his career and he gets like Nike deals or something like I yeah it's just they're gonna look like they're gonna make Watson's deal look like fucking nothing I I can't even think of an analogy that that will be crazy and if it happens you heard it here first on Dynasty Junkies with Hoove uh, but let, let us do look ahead to week 11, uh, which is the, one of the main topics, so to speak, of the show. Uh, week 11 is already underway. If you're watching us live, I know Matt was in the chat. Matt Wiggins uh, was in the chat listening and, and kind of figuring out what to do with his life tonight because it's just there's so many injuries and it's just been kind of crazy. I, I don't want to get too you know personal. I'm a Bengals fan. As I've always said, I'm not hiding it. It's obviously in my background. If you're listening, if you're watching, I should say Burrow being hurt, Higgins being out, Hubbard being out. Like it's just. Now Burrow might have a wrist injury of some sort. It looked like non-contact. I saw him wearing a brace earlier today. I just traded for Burrow in a league and, and overpaid for him because I wanted the sack with Chase. And it's just now, you know what? Like sometimes your heart is your heart and your head is your head and you just got to keep them separate. But that's OK. I will say this, too. There is never, in, in my opinion, everybody goes through injuries. Every team has to figure out a way to manage the injuries and to kind of get through it. Right. And there is never a time in my entire dynasty career where I've had an injury happen and I immediately go, well, there, that changes my entire team. Nope. Injuries are a part of the game. Every team has to deal with them. Uh, in the same game tonight, Mark Andrews got hurt and might be out a little while with an ankle injury. Right. So there's always a change coming. And I think if you can accept that and not be negative about it, you're a better dynasty manager because you can you can literally just pivot and take the emotion out of it and just say, OK, next man up. You know, on my bench in that league, it's a one QB league. Thank goodness. I got him in a ton of leagues, but that one I just made the trade for was a one QB. I've got Stafford and Baker Mayfield that can probably, you know, get me through. I pretty much need to win out to make the playoffs because of some bad luck I've had already. But it's like, that's that's fantasy, man. And and, and maybe I'll use this as a, as a spot to mention to everyone. And as I've said before, if this if this game was predictable, then it would be boring. If this game was like the best players always win, then no one would ever trade. 
if this game was always like, this is the outcome, we have the projections and the winning team of the projections always wins, then you would know who wins on Tuesday. How boring is that? So like right. this variation, this wildness, this the injuries, that's part of the game. And honestly, as much as I hate a Burrow injury, don't hear what I'm not saying. I like the the variability that injuries throw into the mix. It does make for valuation changes. Burrow, if he's out for any considerable time, which we don't even know yet. We're literally just coming back from halftime as, as this is recording. We don't know what the injury is. But if he is out for a considerable amount of time, he then becomes a terrific rebuild by candidate as you approach your trade deadline. So like, if you can kind of pivot in your head and be like, all right, well, then what do I need to do? His value just, quote unquote, took a hit. Maybe now's the time to buy him on the cheap. Burrow just got a massive contract. He's not going anywhere. In my opinion, if I own Burrow, if I manage, if I'm a Burrow manager, I'm not selling him for less than I was last week. You know what I mean? Like, it's fine. Let him ride my bench. You know, this. the Bengals are having a rough year this year, right? Maybe they weren't going to go to the playoffs. Maybe they're going to shut him down. Who knows? There's a lot of maybes. That's the game, my friend. That's what we play this for. So I do want to give you a second to speak on the, the Burrow and the injuries and all that, but I do want to get into week 11 also. So let's not spend forever. How's that? Okay. <laughs> Let me tell you about my struggles with injuries. This the glasses year. are off, folks. Oh, boy. Let me tell you the pain that I've had to deal with, all right? Yep. This is my work league, my most expensive league. I drafted Nick Chubb, all right? Oof. I got the same mentality as you, Andrew, all right? I'm like, next man up. Who's the next man up? Najee Harris. Oh, no. Oh, my God. I wanted <laughs> to cry. That was the worst. And then who else? Who's my guy after that? Who is my solid flex play? I'm like, all right, I'm loaded at running back. I'm good. I'm good. Ramondre Stevenson. <laughs> oh, okay. That's even better. So now I'm writing, I'm writing Najee and Stevenson, and I'm I'm hurting. I'm hurting really bad. Yep. And I go out and I'm like, I need to make a move. So, like you said, the great ones, they know how to pivot. All right. I traded T. Higgins straight up for Devin Ashane. There you and go. I trade I drafted T. Higgins in like the fourth round. So drafting someone that was just picked up off the waiver or trading yeah. him. Feels big, risky. Yeah, big. <laughs> yeah. So I bought in. And then a week later, Devin Ashane gets hurt. I'm like, what the fuck, man? And so <laughs> I was hurting so bad. I was so mad. I was going through. We, this is a league two that there's like a cap on transactions. So I was going through Roshan Johnson, Chubba Hubbard, Miles um, Sanders. I can't even name them all. They were yeah. all just bad. Okay. But then by this luck of luck of God's grace, I checked <laughs> the waiver wire one morning. Not even on waivers. It passed waivers. Yeah. He's just sitting there for addiction. For addiction. For addition. <laughs> It gave, gave me an addiction, let me tell you, because Jameer Gibbs was sitting right there. Oh, no way. For me to pick him up, someone gave up Ugh. on him. Someone believed in Montgomery. And so I said, this is the answer. So now I am feeling good. I got I got Stevenson as my two. I got Gibbs as my one. I got a Shane coming back this week. There you go. And That's how you do it, Hoof. That's how you do it. Loaded. I mean, let me, I let me just read this off to you. We got... Starting week, starting this week, Jared Goff, Amon Ross St. Brown, Brandon Ayuk, Najee Harris, Jameer Gibbs. I'm going to swap this out, but I have Engr Evan Ingram still in from last week. <laughs> Travis Kelsey in the flex. Um, there you go. Jordan Addison, uh, DJ Moore, Ramondre, Nico Collins, uh, Tua, Ashane, 
Dicker and the Chiefs defense. So this team go. is ready for the playoffs, and I feel good about it. So like he was saying, just make sure you know how to pivot because injuries are a part of the game, but damn, can they hurt. Yes, yes, they can. Dig in and they turn it yeah. to the left a little bit and stick it a little harder. Pause. Well, there is one. There is one league since we're since we're roster baiting. Let's let's roster bait a little more. There is one league where I had uh, going into the season, I, I made a trade. So it's a two tight end league where you have to start two tight ends, and I had Kyle Pitts and Dallas Goddard, and I'm like, in a two tight end league, when you have to start 24 tight ends, right? Like I've got two of the top six, right? Pitts comes out very flat and is disappointed all season. Goddard just got hurt and had surgery on his forearm or something. He's out for a while. So this week I'm starting Tanner Hudson and Donald Parham. And I'm just like, you know, because Atlanta's on a bye, right? We got Atlanta, New Orleans Saints are on a bye, Patriots are on a bye, Colts are on a bye. So it's like, I'm looking at this like, man, just next man up. And I I literally just picked up Parham off waivers. You know what I mean? I'm just like, you know. Let's plug them in and see how it goes. Because honestly, that that again, I, I hate to keep hammering at home, but you can't give up. That's the one thing I always say: never give up, never, never give surrender. Up. Let's keep going, keep grinding. Your your league is gonna love it. it. You, you're yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get better. Trust me, you're gonna find a way. You're gonna keep playing. You're gonna others in your league will give up if you don't give up. You'll win. I guarantee you. That's right. And yes, it is brutal. And yes, it can be a heartbreaking sport hobby whatever you want to call it but man is it fun when it pays off so i just want to keep saying you know just just keep going but like i, I said again we got and just keep going one day at a time but again we got we got falcons saints patriots and colts on a bye uh that leaves us with 28 teams playing this week uh there are a couple of players i i kind of wanted to mention that i was going to just maybe get into when we got down in the find me a trade but is there anything in in week 11 that you're excited about or looking forward to I got three players that are really sticking out to me this Beautiful. week. I'm not a big rankings guy. Maybe I need to start doing that this offseason when I start making more written content. But three guys that are really stuck out to me this week. I am smashing. Uh, I'm really going to invest a lot in Brian Robinson this week. I love versus it. Versus the Giants. I think that he has top five candidate written all over him. I think that this game is going to be gritty. I think that this game is going to be a lot closer than people think. I know everyone wants to believe in the, what the commanders are doing right now, and I do too, but I think that division games are always hit you in the mouth, smash mouth, and yep. Brian Robinson, oh, gimme, gimme, gimme. So yeah, um, I'm loving Brian Robinson this week. I'm also loving Rishi Rice versus Philly. Uh, mostly anytime touchdown i think that he could really be saved there i think that out of all the receivers after the bye um rishi rice is probably going to really stand out i think mckee uh michael hardman could really actually mm. shock people too and really step up as that wide receiver too like that as pick. well um i'm really kind of fading sky Moore and Kadarius tony Kadarius tony i honestly wouldn't even be surprised if he's released at this point he's just not there mm. he's not anything so i think that they could really really uh ride Rishi Rice pretty heavily this week, um, upsetting the Eagles. I mean, it's a, a three-point game, I want to say. So I think that this is going to be a lot closer than people think. People are thinking that the Eagles are just so well-rounded and that they're going to probably um, probably kick them in the mouth. But I don't know. I, I don't want to doubt the Chiefs right now with how that defense is doing. And I don't want to doubt either Eagles one. They're both terrific teams. Yeah. That's right. It's going to be a good game. It's going to be a good game. I think Rishi Rice has anytime touchdown written all over him. And my one fate of the week is Jalen Warren versus the Browns. Uh, Jalen Warren obviously was named starting running back this week. 
And I don't really want to say I believe in Najee Harris, but I think that when you commit to Jalen Warren as the starting running back, it could almost be like a like a trick, you know, that they're trying to throw they're trying to throw the Browns off by saying it's Jalen Warren and they're really gonna invest in in watching Jalen Warren's tape this week, thinking that he's gonna get most of the targets. Interesting. Okay. And he's gonna get shut down because that Browns defense is real. That is an insane defense. So I am fading Jalen Warren this week as well. Those are my picks. I like that. I like that. So those are all good picks. And honestly, like I'm pretty high on Warren in a sense of like his value just took a jump, you know, whether it's performative or not, he definitely has seen an uptick in carries and has looked a lot more explosive than Harris in the last couple of weeks. So I think for dynasty and even in redraft, I mean, he's had a lot of, uh, you know, smoke where there's fire. Let's put it that way. Right. Like it's not just a fake thing, but you make a great point when it's a divisional game and the Browns defense is stout. This might not be the game that you lean on Warren to win you the game. Uh, I'm not saying Harris is going to be the guy either. I mean, it's very possible that that whole offense is shut out. I mean, the Browns have done it before. So, and with Kenny Pickett and George Pickens and Deontay Johnson, like that whole offense could just be, I don't know, in a, in a mess right now. It's hard to say. Jaguars versus 49ers last week. Yeah. Yeah. One of those, one of those, like, was it chiefs Jaguars even like a a month or two ago, like where it was just, you know, 15 to eight or something. You're just like, what the heck is this game? Like it's just, nobody can move the ball. I I wouldn't be shocked to see that be a very defensive battle. You're entirely right. That's a yeah. great analogy. Yeah. And again, I'll get into some of my other week 11s, but I do think that there is, there is a lot of fun to be had on this slate that obviously is, is icing on the cake is that Monday night, you know, huge game, Super Bowl rematch, potential Super Bowl vision again, right? That they're both still dominating in both of their divisions and conferences. I should say they're both doing really well. And I know people hate to hear it, but it is also going to be the game where Taylor Swift's parents meet Travis Kelsey's parents I mean, how do we not talk about this, Hoove? Like, you're, you're obviously the cultural attache for fantasy. I mean, this is a huge moment. Am I right? Like, this is even if Taylor's not there, this is huge, right? I don't want. I don't want to get canceled. I don't want to talk about Taylor <laughs> stuff. I don't. I don't. I don't mind I don't, doing I don't, it. I don't need that. Also you up. You no, know, I, I will I say one thing. Out of I, if anyone could take down the Swifties. It is the Philadelphia Eagles fan base. That is the <laughs> only people on God's green earth that I think could take them. Is I the like Eagles that. fan base for sure. So that's a terrific take. I like the way you pivoted out of that in a very slick and smooth way. Um, obviously, we're not going to talk about Taylor Swift. That was more of a trolling move to see if I could bait you because I thought it'd be entertaining. Um, no chance. Good, nicely. You you did well there, Hoof. You did well. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna move forward into the next segment here. Uh, we're gonna talk about some listening league updates. Uh, I know I tend to give a little bit more info on these than Rocky does. I, I kind of like sh- you know, kind of showing where our fans are in our leagues and kind of getting a little bit more into the weeds. Uh, we're going to start okay. with some of the trades. The first one on this sheet was the one that I made this week in uh, Dynasty Junkies 2. Uh, it was with Matthew Wiggins, who has been in the chat. Uh, it is my team name is the Forking Shirtballs because uh, I love I just I love that the Good Place show. It's terrific. Uh, I sent Michael Pittman and Evan Ingram, who you were mentioning before, uh, for Josh Jacobs and Calvin Ridley. I guess I'm curious maybe to start with you. Where I know kind of where you are with Ingram, but maybe where are you at with Jacobs and Ridley? Like, where are you at with that side? Did I win the trade? Did I do okay? Or was this a fair trade? I I have you winning the trade close. It's close I, to me too, yeah. I don't, I don't love Ridley. I don't I, either. I don't I either. I think that I had to look at this and go process by elimination almost like I was like, okay, like, like Ingram and Ridley, I'm not a big fan of the Jaguars offense and either one of them could, it could 
they could turn it like really could turn it around any week now and just be this awesome asset. And Ingram could be consistently back, you know, playing against um, average defenses and being the stead tight end, you know, top five outside the top five tight end. So I kind of wanted to go process by elimination there, but I had to give Ingram almost like the slight nod to Ridley there. Um, Pittman versus Jacobs. I and until McDaniels got fired, I probably would have taken Pittman and Ingram over this. But now that Jacobs and the Raiders are free, free last, I'm gonna go with uh, Josh Jacobs and Kelvin Ridley because I really think Josh Jacobs is he's special, man. He's something special. Not to quote Vince McMahon. I do too, and I think I this trade was this trade was technically made, I believe, right before the firing. But I had I just felt like the writing was on the wall, and I'm like. I'm looking at this team. I'm I'm contending in Dynasty Junkies too. I've got a good shot to maybe make the playoffs. I just feel like I need something to change. And I I, I traded for McBride. I actually traded the same team. I ended up getting Ooh. Trey McBride as my tight end. So it gave me a little bit of flexibility to get rid of Ingram, right? So I'm like, you know what? I'm willing to sacrifice some of that tight end depth and, and go get another running back. So my running back group now is Bijan Robinson, who has been underwhelming. Uh, Josh Good Jacobs, there. who I just traded for. Austin Eckler, who's been pretty good, but not great. David Montgomery and Joe Mixon are like my starting five running backs. If I'm going in, I'm like, I'm loading in on running backs. And then at receiver, it's a little bit riskier, but again, it's part of the fun. I got Mike Evans, Jacoby Myers, DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin. So like I got a team that I feel like can contend and it's probably kind of a husk of itself in 12 months from now where it's just not nearly as good, but it's a 14 team tight end premium super flex league. Like, and it's again, it's just one of those where I felt like I'm I'm six and four. I might have a shot here. Uh, Andrew Ember is the leader in that. I'll kind of cut ahead here. He's nine and one and in first place, but I'm, you know, tied for fourth or something like that, like right in the hunt. Like, I feel like I can make this. And I think this move makes me better because Pittman is obviously on a buy. Ingram was very disappointing. Uh, I kind of feel like Ingram and, and Ridley are about equivalent in points. They both have, the, in my mind anyway, they both have the same upside. They both have the same downside. Like, they're, they're not the same player, but I don't need the tight end position at this point. I've got McBride. I'm covered. Uh, and then I thought Jacobs was usually going to be a greater sign to Pittman. Like Pittman has got a little bit of a different ceiling, but I like him a lot more if I'm rebuilding. And I like Jacobs a lot more if I'm contending. And I feel like that's where my values changed a little bit in a sense to be like, I think their values are close, but if I'm contending, I'd rather have the running back. That's really where I lean. It just was kind of a I wouldn't even stop with that. I'd still go. Well, I'd, I'd go like with like, like trade Bijan on top of that for like one of those top, top receivers, you know, I've thought about that. And I think with getting Jacobs, that makes me more liable or flexible to do that. I kind of yeah. wanted to add another running back before making that move, but that is definitely sure. in my plans in a sense. Cause I think Bijan is going to be better for next year than this year also. And I agree with you. I think maybe I can go out and get somebody like an IU, you know, plus something like that is kind of where my head goes. And, Again, I'm finding myself a trade, which is kind of fun, but that's generally where my head goes too. Is like I want to beef up that running back room. I kind of want to see now that Jacobs is on my roster. I kind of want to see how that fits and how like if he can actually dominate without McDaniel's before I go nuts. Because if I end up losing a couple of weeks and end up you know not making the playoffs and pivoting to a rebuild, I'd rather have Bijan. So it's kind of like because that's such a big piece, you know. Like so, I'm kind of playing both sides of the fence here a little bit and just sort of seeing how it goes. Um, but we'll see. I, I think it was a pretty fair trade. I definitely don't think there was any fleecing or no, bad news or anything. No, it's an sure. even trade for sure. Because I, I actually really like this one too. Oh, I, I'm I'm betting you are. It's a very big trade. Oh, I'm very but excited. I just I'll finish with this and say I'm a very big fan of Pittman. I do like Michael Pittman a lot. I think Anthony Richardson is the deal, and yes. I think that offense is going to be great next year. And for this year, I just I don't think I can trust Pittman. That's kind of what it came down to. 
Um, but yeah, let's get into our DJ3 trade, which is a monster trade. This is like deal breaking. Uh, we had Senra says, Kyle Senra uh, traded away Logan Thomas and a third to trust the process for Donald Parham and a third as well. Or sorry, 24 fourths. So Thomas and yeah. a fourth for Parham and a third. That's my bet. That's my bet. Yeah. So if yeah, well, you sent me this trade. I don't even think that that time and space could process how fast I would click accept if on the Logan Thomas side. Why would anyone want to give up Logan Thomas right now, especially for trying to move up one late round pick? Like, unless you're in like a, a six man league, you know, where third rounders are pretty much just like late seconds. Why are you trying to go after third rounders like that? Like, I'm I'm very big on first rounders are your starters, second are your flex spots, but a lot of them are boomer busts. Like you like second rounders are all shit, like not shit. They're all just like a crapshoot. They're, they're right more lottery point. tickets than the first, right? Each round right. gets more risky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it's more of a crapshoot. So, like, if I was gonna trade someone like Brian Robinson, I'd want two seconds. I want two chances to try to get someone like yep. like Brian Robinson. That's my mentality. But thirds. Like Puka Nakua is the miracle of God that is going in the third round, you know. Yeah. That Tank Dell, right? Wasn't Tank Dell a third too? Tank or Dell, or... Yeah, so yeah. yeah, there's a few of them, but you know, like third rounders for Logan Thomas, who's probably a top 10 tight end right now. Like, that's wild. That's wild. It's wild. You are, you already know. And I saw well, that. I'm I... like, this is a real trade. Well, so yeah, so for the sake of context, uh, trust the process. Who who sent away Logan Thomas is contending. He's six and four with fourteen victory points, and Senra is three and seven with eight victory points and rebuilding. So I, I think that's what makes it kind of stranger to me is that the points are going to the guy with the worst record in a way. Like that that's, but that's also I'm with you. Like even if I'm rebuilding, even if I'm three and seven, like Kyle is in this league, and and again it's a fourteen teamer tight end premium. You're telling me I can get Logan Thomas kind of for free when I'm gonna give up a third and par him? I'll do that even as a rebuilder because yeah. then I can pivot to something else. I can trade that to someone else. Like, so I'm kind of with you. I don't want to say it was like super unbalanced. I mean, trust the process. I'm not sure I trust the process, but he must have a process and he's got he's gonna trust it and I, I respect it. Um, but the point is I'm I'm kind of with you. When I saw this one come through, I was like, Oh, well, uh, okay. I mean, I I sure if that's what you like, if you like parham, I'm not gonna fault you for that. But yeah, I'd, I'd much rather, well, I guess I, I should say this way. Senra sent Logan Thomas. So it does make more sense. I got it backwards in my head. So the, the losing team is sending away the points on Logan Thomas. Yeah, I don't Senra, consider that processing. I consider that buffering. Well, again, so trust the process got Logan Thomas. Let's be honest. That's what, that's what we did there. Oh, that's, yeah. Trust the yes, process. There yeah, you I'm go. Trusting the process. That's right. I should, yeah. I should clarify. I was reading that backwards a couple of different ways. My eyes are crossing. Uh, I bet you're going to do it a lot teenage. better than Philly ever did. That's for sure. Amen to that. And so with that, we'll get into some of the other updates. Uh, again, we are in DJ3 because we were just talking about that. The uh, DJ3 combo team is tied for fourth. Uh, not quite sure we're going to make the playoffs. We'll see. Uh, but the best hooker is still in the lead, which I think is kind of interesting. Uh, in DJ1, we're 12-4. and four. We're one game out of first place, which is Funky Bunch still at 13-3. and three. So that one can go any direction. But appreciate all you guys for playing in those leagues with us. I don't know if we're starting a DJ4 or not this offseason. I'm kind of hoping not because they get out of hand. But we'll probably have openings. Keep tuned to the podcast if you want to join one of those. I'm sure we'll need an orphan takeover at some point. Uh, with that, we'll get into our final segment of the evening. And again, one of my favorites. And it's one of the reasons I joined this show because it's just so damn good. Find me a trade. Find 
That's right. We're going to find me a trade, as Brian R. says. This one was submitted by Chris Keen. Uh, it was submitted back in June. I tried to reach out and get an update. I tried to do that for any of these that are older. I, I haven't heard back from him. I tried a couple of weeks ago. I didn't hear anything. I'm trying again this week. I didn't hear anything. I'm like, eh, screw it. I'm going. Let's see how it does. But uh, Chris Keen has a it's a 12 team super flex half PPR with a half point premium for tight ends. So full point tight end premium, pretty much like, you know, full point for tight ends. Uh, it's a start 10 QB, two running backs, three receivers, tight end, two flex and a super flex. So pretty standard starting lineup, in my opinion. Uh, his team name is the Grouse. Uh, and I'm not sure if that's because he's he's just the Grouch or the Gr- I don't know quite what that means. His, his username is Keeney Grouse. So that's obviously a thing. Uh, and his thoughts, Chris's thoughts from June were been the number one and number two seats heading into playoffs over the last two years, but have failed to win a ring. I hate that for you, Chris. That's so annoying. I'm sorry. Let's try to see what we can do to help you out. Uh, I'll go over the roster. I'm not going to pull it up because my computer is running really badly today. <clears throat> but again, it is a super flex a quarterback. He's got Justin Herbert, Matt Stafford, the aforementioned Joshua Dobbs and Mac Jones. So he's got four starting quarterbacks. Not any bad. Uh, quarter or sorry, running back. He's got Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Tony Pollard, Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, Cream Hunt, Jaleel McLaughlin. But again, stout running back group. Like that's stellar for a uh, for a contending team. Receiver. He's got Keenan Allen, Stephon Diggs, Drake London, Devontae Adams, Chris Godwin, Demario Douglas, Marvin Mims, Mar- Marquise Brown. He's not bad. So like, there's a pretty solid receiver crew there. That might be a weak spot. And then I think what I would call his definite weak spot is tight end. He's got Dallas Goddard, who we talked about before, who is hurt and just underperforming, really. Uh, Gerald Everett, Durham Smythe, and Albert O. For picks, he's got uh, a different team's second in 24, and that's it. In 25, he's got his third and fourth, and that's it. And then in 26, he's got all of his picks. But he's clearly sent some picks to get some players to go all in. And again, if you're finishing first and second and you haven't won, like you're getting in the playoffs and just can't get that title, I don't blame you. Go get that title. Go do what you got to do. Send the F those picks, right? Just F those picks. Just send them in there. Uh, so that's the team. I think it's pretty solid top to bottom. It might, again, might have the biggest weak spot at tight end. But what did you think there, Hoove? What kind of trades did you come up with? What kind of kicked you first? I think that he definitely needs a new tight end. Um, that's not where I'm going to focus out the trade. Uh, there's a few things that I feel very good about in this industry. And one of them is finding trades. All right. My, yes. my leagues, Joey Wright has coined the phrase hoop trade because I, I'll cook up some trades, man. Let me tell you, I am determined in my dynasty leagues. My dynasty leagues probably hate me because they'll get alerts at two in the clock in the morning that there's a 12 team trade coming through um, a trade offer and they're always declined, but I'm cooking, I'm cooking. So I'm going to cook something up for you. I'm going to, Stir away from tight end. So if you want to find him a tight end, I'm going to find him in a different spot. Um, I think that he actually does need to upgrade at quarterback a little bit. Um, I'm a little worried. Um, he has Josh Dobbs, Stafford, you said, Mac Jones, and Herbert, you said? Yep. I think he really, I think he really needs to cement that QB2 spot, uh, Stafford's injury. And then obviously we talked about it earlier. I just feel like the Dobbs saga is about to come to an end, and we all know Mac Jones is just on the break of being benched so i don't want you to lose your league because you run out of quarterbacks you only got one let's find you another one and i found you with someone that allegedly it looks like that you have had trade history with in the past because they have your 2024 first overall pick uh first round pick it is uh first round haircuts yes for sensible haircuts i want you to trade (laughs) mac jones and a third round pick for baker mayfield 
And I want you to ride that out the rest of the year because it looks like hmm. he's not really contending. He's probably going to look for some draft picks. He's probably looking for a quarterback that he can ride out the rest of the year. And that's probably Mac Jones. So I'm going to go Mac Jones in a third rounder, go all in and Baker Mayfield with the weapons that he has around him. He's got Chris Godwin. He's got Mike Evans. Rasheed, Rasheed White is proven that he can actually be a starting running back in the league. So um, I really like Baker Mayfield right now. I think that out of him and Mac, like I said earlier, he has the better shot of actually playing next year. So if anything, you got Baker Mayfield for one more year and you send a third round pick to have another year of quarterback eligibility. So that's where I'm going. I like that. I, I think that's a pretty, it's a pretty creative trade. I think getting Baker, you know, even if it's a negligible difference and sending a third, which would be a 25 third in this case. So like Mac Jones and a 25 third for Baker. I think if I'm, you know, if I'm sensible haircuts and he's somewhat sensible, he's got a ton of quarterbacks. So it, it, he's kind of playing the QBX strategy. Got anyway. too. Yeah. He's got Bailey Zappi, which is nice for the, uh, the duo in a sense. He's got Aaron Rodgers, Who's hurt Deshaun Watson. Who's hurt uh, Geno Smith. Who's Geno Smith. You know, like he, he's not, I don't think that team is really contending. Mark Andrews just got hurt tonight. Uh, you know, he's got Alvin Kamara, who's getting older. Kyron Williams came out of nowhere. Like, his running backs are okay. Justin Jefferson, obviously, who's been hurt. Like, I'm guessing Sensible Haircuts does not have a terrific record. We don't have that information here, but I'm guessing that he's rebuilding. And right. if I'm rebuilding, taking Mac Jones in the third probably makes a lot of sense. Like, just let's get out of Baker. I don't know how long he's going to be there. Baker is not a part of any rebuilding plan that I'm familiar with. You know, like, but, and getting that extra pick couldn't hurt, right? It gives you another trade chip. Right. So I don't mind that at all. I don't mind that at all. Uh, the trade that I was going to get into that I kind of built sort of during the show a little bit, I had it in my head, but I just sort of finished it. But what I was going to say is I don't disagree with your thought either, by the way, on QB two being a weak spot. I don't want to make it sound like I'm fine writing with Stafford Dobbs and Jones as my QB two. Right. It's just more like there are worse positions on this team that I'd want to address first. Sure. Uh, I also feel like if you've got a solid starter in Herbert and you've got solid, you know, not reliable, but you know, serviceable QB twos, but your tight end right now is Dallas Goddard, who's hurt, and then it just drops off a cliff in terms of value. I think that's where I'd address is, is finding a backup tight end that actually makes some sense. So what I was going to do is offer up a trade for Jake Ferguson from the M Papa M Papa R girls. I don't know what that is, but the uh, to get Jake Ferguson, I'd be sending Tony Pollard. And I think that trade straight up can probably get done. I think there's a lot of people that would value Pollard well ahead of Ferguson, and I think you could smash that. You don't need Pollard. You could trade on the name value. He's been very underwhelming this year. As much as you want to say he's been okay, whatever. But like you're trading a cowboy for a cowboy, which is kind of nice. Like you're not loading up too much. But I think Ferguson is not necessarily the real deal, but I think he's gonna be more reliable than Pollard on a week-to-week basis, especially in a tight end premium league. It just feels like they're not giving Pollard the ball. They're not letting him be himself. It's just I'd be frustrated and out. If you can get more than that, if you can get another piece back, like let's say, for instance, you can get a third on top of Ferguson, that's probably where I'd start. And then if they counter with something, maybe you can take the third out. I'd be okay going straight one for one. The other thing is you've you also got Jaleel McLaughlin. Was that? I think you could get a second with Ferguson. I, like you're, you're probably not wrong. You're probably not wrong. But I'm, I'm just saying, like, in my mind, I that's how much I want Ferguson and how little I want Pollard, right? The know your league mates league. with that one. Like, yeah. just know your league mates. They could You could probably get a good deal out of that, for sure. Well, it, it may shock you, but Tony Pollard is only one point better on DTC. Tony Pollard is 15.1, oh, wow. and Ferguson is 14.1. So, like, it, it's not that far off. A, a second is only two or three points anyway, right? But, I mean, even if you – let's say it was uh, Tony Pollard and Jaleel McLaughlin – 
because this guy's got Javante, Joe, Tony Pollard and Jaleel McLaughlin for Jake Ferguson in a second. I'm fine with that. You know what I mean? Like that that's the kind of trade that I think you might be able to pull off because you're kind of putting the two quote unquote bigger assets together, but you're also putting the two little assets in a sense with the second. So, and you don't have a lot of picks. It gives you another second. So that's kind like of where my head was at. Too. I, I don't mind one for ones, especially if it's across positions, but I don't mind putting two other pieces to kind of balance the scales a little to help make the, the change in, in value kind of happen. So that's kind of where I go with this. And again, I don't know if that trade gets done. Every league is a little bit different, but I better backup tight end to, to feel more confident about going in this year. And if Goddard is somehow out for the rest of the season, which I haven't heard that at all, but having surgery is usually not a good thing midseason. Uh, and that Eagles offense, even if he isn't, has not really needed him, right? Like they haven't leaned on Goddard at all. He's the third or maybe even fourth target option if you count Swift. So I will say one thing. I don't think people are really under, under people realize people aren't realizing how important Dallas Goddard is for that tush push. He's yeah, the one giving a lot true. of leverage in that back. So if he really is out for the season, I don't think he is. But if he's out for he playoffs, that could really that could hurt the Eagles a lot more than people are realizing. I will say that. So I just wish you that, got points for pushes. You know what I mean? Like if you, if you got like a point per push, a PPP league, that'd be kind of PPP, fun. Yeah, yeah a triple P. That'd be a fun one. That's a new variation. We got to get Scott Fish on that for uh, Scott Fishbowl next year. That'd be interesting. We were talking about one for one. So I, I'll say this: like a month ago, I made one of my favorite trades I've ever made, and like I don't even know why I like it this much, but I traded Ty J Spears who I traded a while back. I traded uh, Kendra Miller at 2025 first and a third rounder for Ramondre Stevenson and Ty J Spears. And then I traded Ty J Spears straight up for Rasheed Rice. And I think that that's one of my favorite trades I've ever made in my life. Like I really like Rasheed Rice and I just don't see Ty J Spears being anything after this season. So yeah, that was like I think that's a that, solid move. Yeah, a solid move. Yeah. So well, I to, to on that point though, I do think Ty J Spears could be something, but something on a bad offense is not something I'm excited about. Something on a good offense is something I'm excited about. So that's I think you're right. Your, that's right. Your pivot that's is exactly right there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think Rashi Rice could be the guy. They need somebody, right? It can't just be Kelsey, let's be honest. Um, but generally speaking, I think, uh, you know, having a receiver is going to hold value a little better and be insulated from injuries, perhaps. I mean, who knows? Everything goes crazy. But again, Spears being the backup to Henry and Henry, while he doesn't look the same, um, I, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he's under contract for one more year. And, and as much as we all wanted to see him get traded at the deadline, they didn't. And he doesn't look like he's part of the plans, but it doesn't really look like they're using Spears much either. He's getting you know, five to 10 opportunities a game. That's, that's nothing. And I'd much rather have five opportunities for rice because he can break one to the house and on a Pat Mahomes offense, you get in with him. You could be the next Tyree kill kind of a thing. Obviously that's, that's highest of upsides. You know, that's the best possible outcome, but I just think that upside is better for rice. So I like that trade. Yeah. I also think that another running back is going to sign with the Titans next year. So do and I. Like, yeah. And I have a, I have a wild prediction. I think it's going to be AJ Dillon. I think AJ Dillon is going to go to the Titans. Do you know that AJ Dillon weighs exactly the same as Derrick Henry? Two hundred forty-seven pounds. Two hundred forty-seven pounds. Well, it's, so maybe uh, he's thinking Mike Vrabel can fix him. You know, <laughs> Mike Vrabel, I mean, like I can fix him. I can fix him. If I'm Dylan, I went out of Green Bay for sure. Like I don't want to be in the shadow of anybody yeah. anymore. But if I'm going to be in the shadow of anybody, Derrick Henry is not a bad shadow to be in because he is getting closer to his end of his career than Aaron Jones is, in my opinion. Again, we'll see. There's a lot to still kind of figure out and come from that. But 
I, I would be interested to see that. I think you're on the right track too. I think they either add somebody or draft somebody to go along with Spears and Henry and just make it even more of a mess just because I don't know that that team feels like a, a very big mess draft class. There's plenty of them. Oh yeah. There, there's going to be a lot of changes too, between now and even, you know, the draft in April, May, like there's that's six whole months of chaos and I'm, I'm here for it, man. We started the show talking about chaos. Here we are ending it with chaos. I love it. Did you have any other trades you wanted to mention or does that cover pretty much most of what you were thinking for this guy for Chris? I don't, I don't think so. I think that that's really it. I figured you talk about tight end. I wanted to switch yeah. to something else. So I also kind of figured you talk quarterback. Look at this hoove. It's just me. Hey, let's look Working. at it. I know. I love, forever, I love it. I love it. I also it. have a Tebow one too. So oh, it's just, I love all those jerseys. I only got the one. That's all I need. Um, that being said, we are going to get out of here for the night. So who, why don't you get people your, your Twitter handle again, tell people again, remind them where you are and where they can find what you do. All right. So if you want to go ahead and you want to support me, you can support me by supporting all the people that I get to work for and I get to promote and I get to make them look absolutely fantastic as a video editor, which is IBT media. Or if you want to go ahead and follow me, you want to see what I'm thinking, doing whatever you can go ahead and find me at Hooftube on Twitter. That is at Hoove, like the vacuum damn president, whatever you want to name it <laughs> tube. That's not that hard to figure out. Hoove tube there you go Move tube it's eight yeah. letters and and way more characters than characters you know what i mean like just it, i love oh, it dude. i love that i, love that. It. I, I fucking love, love that that's awesome i'm a huge Part fan of you no that's uh, not french that. and we're fine with it you're on the right podcast for that but no i'm, I'm a fan of yours Hoove. i'm so glad that we got to connect on this again uh, i do love all the new glarus beer that i illegally got to to you know take home with me that was amazing so thank you for that yeah right 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 i i, I didn't traffic it across state lines it's okay it's totally legal uh, I didn't drink it at home. I drank it only in Wisconsin. It's totally fine. There you uh, go. All that right. being said, I am so glad that we got to have this time. And thank you so much for coming on. Uh, keep an eye out for Hoove and all of his IVT friends. We're going to try to have more of those IVT guys on, of course, here in the coming weeks as we finish up the season. Uh, just big fans of what you guys are doing. So keep it up over there. With that, we're going to get out of here tonight. You can follow us at Dynasty Junkies on the X Twitter, whatever we're calling it. Uh, you can follow me at Andrew Hall FF. The other guys, Drew and Rocky, you heard theirs last week. If you didn't go listen to that episode, they'll tell you their handles. Uh, but definitely subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, submit some more Find Me at Trades. We've got a bunch of them still that are kind of cold and stale, like Chris is here, that I try to get in every now and then. But if I don't hear from you, it's tough to get an update, then it's tough to do the trade. Uh, if it's been a few months, I might reach out and check in. I'll send you a Twitter DM. I tell anybody, too, if you're submitting a Find Me at Trade, definitely fill out the form, which is pinned on our Twitter. Uh, you can always send us a DM. We'll send you the link. Um, make sure you're following us too, though, because that is very important for us to get some info. Right. But other than that, again, thank you so much. Matt Wiggins was in the chat with us tonight. Not a very, it was again, I'm, I'm excited to watch the end of this Bengals game as painful as it's been. It's my boys and I still want to cheer them on. It's uh, not, not looking good so far, but uh, you know, Hey, it's uh, lose tonight. They're out of the playoffs, man. Probably. If it comes down to week 17 versus the chiefs. They done. And well, Burrowhead. They die. Yeah, and they and and week eighteen against the Browns, you know what I mean? Like Woo! that could be a, that could be a big one. That could be a big one. So yeah, it's gonna be a rough one. But again, thanks so much for everybody hanging out with us tonight. And with that, junkies out.